0: Good morning. good morning, it is a good day here at church, amen, amen. is that all right, okay, you can, you, can, you can say it, some of you were raised in church uh, to not speak, <laughs> how about Marvin, were you raised in church not to speak, were you, man, I, I, I can only imagine the church that you grew up in, man, I, I bet you there were some people speaking, that's what I'm saying. But maybe as a kid, you were told not to speak. But I want you to know it's okay for us to speak in church and to, uh, to worship God together. Well, you can hear some voices in this service, maybe that you normally don't hear. How many of you are okay with that? Yeah. All right. I love it. But today, as part of our service, we're going to dedicate some children let me just say a few things before we do that. I want to say this that in Genesis God pronounced a blessing. He told Adam and Eve, he said, "Be fruitful and multiply." Amen. Amen. <laughs> I was hoping the guys were going to be on board with that, but okay. A couple of you God created the family as the vehicle through which this would happen. And there are a bunch of couples in this service this morning and in our next service as well, different couples that have experienced this blessing. They have found that the these, these children in their lives are a gift from God to them as parents. And God has placed them in this family that they're in for their care, for their protection, for their training. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, we read about a woman named Hannah who asked God for a son. And Hannah did not have any children at this point. She prayed that God would give her a son. She named him Samuel Because the name Samuel literally means because I asked the Lord for him. Now, you and I, if we were in this situation and we did not have a child and we prayed and asked God and he miraculously provided that child, we might be tempted to be possessive, but that's not what Hannah did. Instead, she decided to give him back to the Lord. You might think, well, if I had a whole bunch of kids, maybe I'd consider giving one of them back to the, maybe you got one or two and you'd like to give some of them back to the Lord. Lord, you gave them to me, you can take them back. But Hannah believed that God could do better with Samuel than she could. She did not know that she would even have any more children but she was willing to give him back to God. First Samuel chapter one, verse 28. It says, so now I give him to the Lord for his whole life he will be given over to the Lord. He literally became the spiritual leader of his nation, the people of Israel. So what are these parents doing here today when we have them come forward? It's not an act of salvation. It's not an act of membership with the church. Salvation, the Bible tells us, comes through repentance. And how many of you know our kids really aren't sorry for anything they do wrong at this age? Right? (laughs) Membership is not required for salvation. Paul said it's by grace that we're saved through faith, not by works. So today we're recognizing these kids as a gift from God to our family. So don't be fooled by thinking that somehow this is something that will take care of all their spiritual needs their whole life. This is simply saying, God, we need your help. We give them back to you. Psalms, I want you to know, says that God knit us together. We're acknowledging that we belong to God. We're acknowledging our responsibility before God. Proverbs 22, 6 says, start children off the way they should go, and when they're old, they will not turn from it. So these parents, they're asking God, help me. Help me to train up my child in the way that he should go. Paul says this in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. He said that we should bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. That's a big job in today's world. Let's just be honest, okay? Because our world has gone nuts. It's crazy. The things that we hear, the things that we see, the things that we encounter... And so these parents face an incredible task because the Bible says that Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and that means our kids also. The world system will tell them lies. The world system will say that you are not made in the image of God, that you're not really who God says you are. And as parents, we realize that we cannot do it alone and I believe these parents realize that they need God's help and they need even our help as the church as well. So I'm going to invite some families to join me here on the platform, not down on, the, not down on the, the, you know, the, the next step where you guys are, this step so you can see me, but that's the step I want you on up here. And I'll have you kind of move off a little bit to my right, to your left, as, uh, as you come on up. We're going to do this by alphabetical order here. But I want to first invite up Bella Rose and Colton Austin Klo with their parents, Austin and Michela. Come on, right up. You can come on up over here. Yep. Brenner Lawrence Flaydung and his parents, Ben and Kendall. They're coming? Okay, great. Wonderful. Charlotte Grace Gleason and her parents, James, we know him as JJ, and Ashley. They might be in the wiggle room, so they're making their way here. Lauren Jean St. Ange and her parents, Ben and Lacey St. Ange. Just come right up. Corbin J. Come on up. Come on up. Come on. He's been dying for this all morning. Come on up, guys. Yep. Raylin May and Layla Rose Kanelinen. Miles Jonathan Bowers with his parents, Jonathan and Anna. Noah James McKinney and Noah's parents, Ian and Michaela McKinney. And I'm missing a name the Olaseks, Quinn. Quinn. Quinn Abigail, right? Quinn Abigail. With her parents, Nick and Lindsay. I thought I got to the end of that list faster than I should have. Big sister's coming too. And then Oliver Robert Taylor and his parents, Ben and Amy Taylor. We've never done it this way before, but I have been so excited. I've been looking forward to this day. I'm, I'm so excited to see all of these families. Before I even share anything else, would you just tell them you're really glad that they're here? <laughs> so let me say something to you parents. In the sight of God and in the presence of these witnesses, Do you solemnly undertake to bring up your child in the fear and the instruction of the Lord? If so, answer, we will. Do you promise early to seek to lead him or to lead her to accept Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior? If so, answer, we will. Do you promise as far as lies within you to set before your child examples of godly and consistent living? If so, answer, we will. And now let me turn to all of us. As a congregation, as a church family, will you carry out the responsibility to teach and encourage these young lives and these parents in the sight of God, will you do your best to teach, encourage, and love these children into faith in Jesus Christ? Will you encourage these parents in their hour of need? And they will have hours of need. Amen? Amen. Will you, if so, answer? We will. Amen. Well, let's pray for these kids today as we dedicate them in Jesus' name. Do me a favor just extend your hand toward these that are here and we're just gonna pray over them right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for these families. God, we pray for these little ones that are here. We know, Lord, that you have, have a plan for these young lives and as parents, we do not have all the answers. And God, there's gonna be many sleep, sleepless nights God, there's going to be moments of trial. There are going to be heartaches. God, there's going to be great joys that happen. But Lord, we realize that as parents, in and of our own strength, we are not enough. And so Father, I pray your strength, I pray your power, I pray your wisdom on mom and dad, that you would help them. Lord, that they will fall to their knees and cry out to you on behalf of their kids. And God, we pray for these little ones. God, I pray your hand to rest upon them. I pray your anointing. I pray your plan to be upon them. God, that they will do great things. I pray that on this platform, there will be world changers. And I pray that there will be young men and young women that will expand the kingdom of God, that will walk in the power of God. Father, we declare it today as we dedicate these little ones here today in the name of the Lord Jesus. We dedicate each of these little ones to you, God, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I want you to make sure that you just tell them that you love them and appreciate them. Come on, you can do that. We've got a certificate for them, and and let me tell you something. This is a good-looking bunch of people, okay? Even though they're probably a little sleep-deprived, This is a good-looking bunch of people. And let me tell you something, okay? This is, I hope each one of you as parents, I hope that you will say, as Joshua did, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, friends, we got a problem, okay? Because this isn't all of them. We got a problem. The problem is that we don't have enough room in the nursery in just one service, we That is directly from Caitlin Hausman, our children's director. She said, we do not have enough room. And so we are committing to starting nursery in the second service as well, as soon as possible. You say, well, what, what limits that? It's simply that we need four to six more volunteers and we'll be able to do that. And then in the fall, We'll start children's church in that second service as well. What a great problem to have. I want you to love these people. Come on, put your hands together one more time. Thank you, guys. We'll, we'll let you head to your seats. Thank you very much for being with us, for letting us pray over you today. Let the nursery staff know they're people. People might be coming. So we've been in a series about this man named Peter. And Peter is one of these guys that frequently put his foot in his mouth. Uh, In fact, I came across a saying that says, A closed mouth gathers no feet. I want to keep that one. I really like that one. But Peter is this guy that if we were to kind of go through and and do a little checklist of Peter's life, we would say stepped out of a boat and sunk. Check. Right? Right? We would say, cut off the high priest's servant's ear with a sword. And Jesus then had to heal the guy. Check, check. Denied Jesus three times. Check, check, and check. Let me read from Matthew 19. And this is a, a verse that we frequently use on a day where we dedicate children. And I want you to see this with me. Matthew 19, starting at verse 13. Then people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. It's just what we've done here today. But the disciples rebuked them. That word rebuke is not a good word. It's not a kind word. It's not an easy word. Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. When he had placed his hands on them, he went on from there. I'd never thought of it this way in relationship to this guy that we're talking about, but it says the disciples rebuked these parents. I think that's amazing because who do you think's leading this crew? Who do you think's leading this rebuke? Who do you think the loudest voice is? I'll guarantee you, it's Peter. It may not call him out by name, but I absolutely believe that. The book of Mark says that Jesus' response was that he was indignant. He was angry. He was incensed that the disciples would do this that they would rebuke these parents that they would that that they would stop these parents from bringing children to Jesus because Jesus values them and it says that he he literally he took them up Jesus took them up and when you study that phrase it means that he wrapped them up in his in the folds of his his garments what a beautiful picture of Jesus' embrace. We think about what Jesus probably thought as he watches Peter. And he wonders, is this guy ever going to learn? Can I ever trust this guy? He's probably thinking, there's, there's a church somewhere that's gonna, that's gonna declare, this guy's the head of the, the entire universal church. I, I... I'm sure Jesus was a little nervous. But in 1 and 2 Peter, we read a letter that Peter writes to the Christians who because of persecution have been scattered around the world and these particular Christians are in what is now known as modern day Turkey. And he's encouraging them because they're suffering. And so I want to quickly look at three things that Peter looked at. These families that were here today, they have experienced new birth. After the resurrection, Jesus appears to the disciple on the the shore of the Sea of Galilee. They've been fishing all night long. Jesus said, hey, throw it out on the right side of the boat. I can imagine how ticked off these fishermen are, but they do it. There's a miraculous catch of fish. They finally make it to shore. Jesus is serving them breakfast. Serving them shore lunch. And Jesus addresses Peter. And he says to this man that has denied him three times. He said, Peter, do you love me more than these? And Peter says, yes, Lord, I do. Jesus said then, feed my lambs. Feed my lambs. What we saw lined up here were a bunch of lambs. I know that because my great-grandmother used to call us lambs. We weren't really lambs, but that's what she called us. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Then he said again, Peter, do you love me more than these? Jesus is repeating himself. Peter said, yes, Lord. Jesus said, feed my lambs a second time. A third time, Jesus asks him again, Peter, do you love me? Peter's hurt. Peter said, yes, Lord, you know all things. And Jesus said to Peter, feed my sheep. And then he said those words that Peter was longing to hear. He said, follow me. He was reinstating Peter as one of his disciples. Peter believed that he had been rejected by Christ. During that conversation, Jesus calls Peter Simon. Remember when Peter was introduced to Jesus, he was introduced as Simon, son of a dove. Remember Simon Barjona? So now we're back to that. I'm thinking Peter's not, he's worried that this is not gonna wind up being a good conversation. Peter probably thought I'd made one too many mistakes. Is Jesus demoting me here? You might be like Peter and think, I've made one too many mistakes. God could never accept me. God could never restore me because I've done terrible things. I want you to know that there's nothing that you could do that would cause the Father to not want to restore you to himself. Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, as he's writing to these Christians, he said, For you've been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. Peter recognizes that these people are lambs. They're the lambs of God. The lambs that belong to Jesus. And there's a tenderness that this rough former fisherman has Toward these who are new in Christ. Peter has begun to develop the heart of a shepherd. Remember, Jesus called him to be a fisher of men. When he reinstated him, feed my lambs, feed my sheep, and now Jesus, or Peter, has become that shepherd. Secondly, he talks about growth and development. In John chapter three, Jesus has a conversation with Nicodemus about being born again and Nicodemus cannot believe this conversation. How can I be born again when I'm old? As a kid, when I would hear that story in Sunday school, I would, I would, <laughs> you're gonna this is gonna be terrible. Maybe I shouldn't even say this. When Nicodemus said, how can I enter again to my mother's womb? I envision all the, you know, it's like, you know. <laughs> I'm sorry, as a kid, that's what I envisioned. That's how ridiculous that, that was in this conversation that Nicodemus has. Peter writes in First Peter, Two, verse two, he said, "Like newborn babies, crave spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation." Peter's talking to people that are uh, hundreds and hundreds of miles away. They are—they're probably never going to have their paths cross cross on earth again. And Peter is encouraging them, because, and he's he's doing so in a shepherding, pastoral way because he knows that they are enduring persecution. And he says, here's what you need to do. You need, you need spiritual milk. You need to grow up in your salvation. You need to be strengthened. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, he said, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You see, believers grow by knowing Jesus. We learn about Jesus through God's word and we need to consume it. And this was important because Nero had blamed the Christians for burning Rome and they, had persecut- they were persecuting them. That's why these people had fled. They needed to become mature in their faith. And finally, he then goes on to speak about intimate relationships between Husbands and wives. As pastors, we use these verses in weddings often. And I've heard, I've, I've literally heard groans as I've read these scriptures before as I've done weddings. But let me just share a couple of verses that Peter shares In 1 Peter 3, verses 1 and 2, he said, Wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. Now I'm skipping over a few things, but down in verse 7, Peter says this to husbands. In the same way, Be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner, groan, that's where I hear it, right there, groan, and as heirs with you in the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. That Greek word, and I brought a little example, that Greek word for weaker means delicate. I don't have the time to tell you the whole story, but in our cupboard at home, when I open the cupboard, I'm usually looking for a coffee cup, and my coffee cups are chipped and faded because I use the same one all the time. I'll use it till every word fades off it. (laughs) But when we were in college, we, we bought china and stemware and... The stem where I open up the cupboard and it's not there because it's in a special place. The reason is because it's special. Because it's ornate. It's beautiful. It's delicate. And this hardcore fisherman understands how God made women different than men. Men were the coffee cup. You open up every day, you open up that cupboard, there it is. It might be a little faded, it might be a little chipped, but it's there. And men, that's who God made our wives to be. They're delicate, they're special, they're ornate, they're beautiful. Now let me tell you that that Peter was told by Jesus in John 21 how he was going to die. This man who was afraid of of little girls on the night Jesus was arrested, history, numerous historians, I won't even read their name, I've got about five names, who all, and these are not Christian historians, they say that Peter was indeed crucified. Some traditionally will say even upside down because he didn't want to be crucified like Jesus. This man, who was so flawed, so, so flawed, open mouth, insert foot, time and again, went to the cross. He became a martyr. How? How is that even possible? I'm going to tell you how it was possible next week as we wrap this series up. But for right now, let me say this. Maybe you've never experienced what Peter talked about, about being born again. Maybe you've never experienced that. Maybe you've never experienced learning and knowing about Jesus. I want you today to know that today can be that day. I'm gonna invite you to stand with me all across this place. Would you as we close our service? Father, I thank you for these words of Peter. Thank you for the picture of this this guy that, that was bigger than life, that that did things one minute that were worthy of praise and the next minute you're calling him Satan. And he's an incredible example to us of how one can grow in Jesus. Father, maybe there's somebody here today that has never been born again. They Maybe they've never even heard it. Maybe they don't even understand what it means. But being born again is is simply a spiritual rebirth that we experience when we recognize that we need to repent for our sin and that only Jesus can provide the forgiveness that we need for our sin. Father, today I pray that if someone is here and they've never experienced that, I pray that today they would simply say, Jesus, I need you. I need what you did for me on the cross. I need that. I need a born-again experience. Father, I pray, God, for the one here today that maybe they've been born again, but they have not moved forward, they have not grown, they've not, they've not progressed in their faith in Jesus. God, I pray that you would give them a hunger for your word. And God, we pray for these little ones that we dedicated to, In this service today, God, that no matter where they go, that you will lead them. That they will serve you with their whole hearts. In Jesus' name we pray.